When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Peter Dowdle, the theirishgardener.com, joining us on what is a bitterly cold uh, day. Uh, good afternoon to you, Peter. What did I say to you about February last week, Trish? Uh, well, do you know something I quoted you? I said, I said you. it's traditionally our coldest month. I quoted you over the weekend on it and by God, how right you are. We're in for a right dollop. Yeah. Even though it's only going to be tomorrow and then it's meant to get milder again across the weekend. I think so. As, as somebody said, it's not quite the beast from the east, more no. like the Jack Russell from the east. So yeah, we'll <laughs> go with that. And, and listen, we might be lucky. They might just stay in the east and we might not get any of it down here at all. OK, let me get yeah, straight straight into questions. This came in nice and early this morning. Michael and Bantry. Question for Peter, please. I sowed sunflower and sweet pea seeds. At what stage should I repot them and support them with bamboo canes? It's kind of when they're big enough, if you like, Trish, there's no there's no rule on it as such. So they'll germinate, you know, quickly enough, if, particularly if they were sown indoors at the moment. So when they're about, if you've started them off in a seed tray, when they've produced maybe two or three sets of true leaves. Now, what I mean by true leaves is the first leaves that any seedling will, will produce are called seed leaves and they're not specific. So it's when, when you see the sweet pea leaves, when you see maybe two pairs of them, the, the, the seedling will probably be about four inches at that stage. Then I would look at taking them out of the seed tray or the small pot that you started them off in, potting them on into a slightly bigger pot, an individual pot. Uh, uh, and from then on, you could try a small little stake, but really when they're four inches, they won't need staking for another while. But I suppose the sooner you get the stake in, the sooner they'll start climbing up it. Okay, Breda in Mallow, could you please ask Peter, is, would now be a good time to cut all types of roses back? I also want slash need to move a climbing rose. When would you suggest I do that? Now and now. So yes, now is the time to cut all the roses back. Uh, I, I like to have mine done certainly by the end of February, start of March. If it runs into March, it's not the end of the world by any means. Uh, but I, I try and get mine done by the end of February. Um Moving it is right now, and you're you're not that you're running out of time, but you're you're getting towards the end of moving time. So uh, this cold weather is actually doing you a favour because the lower temperatures keep the plants dormant, uh, and you want those plants to be absolutely dormant when you're moving them, so that the the chance or the plant has a chance to repair any damage done to the roots during the move before they start actively growing again in the in the spring. So um, yeah, soon as soon as possible. Okay, Mick in Botterfield has grey moss growing on apple trees. He wants to know what is the cause of it. Well, it's not grey moss. It's actually well, without seeing it, but it, it's. A, I imagine it's it's lichen. It's a, a lichen. It's a type of um, 
it's a type of lichen. Don't ask me which one it is. It looks like moss, but it's actually doing no harm at all to the to the to the apple tree, uh, and it's actually a good sign because it's a sign of a, of a clean and healthy environment or a, a clean atmosphere. There's no pollution in the air because they won't grow in polluted areas. So uh, it, it's just a naturally occurring, like moss, like any of these things, but it's not doing any harm. I would always leave it on the tree, uh, except maybe if it's growing around the leaf buds or the or the the fruiting spurs, it might prevent them from opening fully. So if it's around the buds, then then rub it off but otherwise leave well alone. Anne in Mitchellstown has a St John's Worth shrub growing at her front wall. It's now gone what she describes as a bit, a bit wild. Is it okay to prune it back now? There's a very technical term when you're dealing with St John's Worth when you're cutting it back and it's called hack it back. So cut <laughs> it back as hard as you want um, and it, 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 it's summer flowering so cut it back now uh, it'll respond well to as, as I say being hacked back. Okay, my neighbour who is a farmer has offered me horse manure for my compost heap. He's previously had trouble with some Japanese knotweed on his land. Could it be possible possibility of Japanese knotweed spreading to my garden via the horse manure? Wondering what to do. Okay, it's a possibility, yes. Um, on saying that, before before the caller mentioned Japanese knotweed, I, I thought, but it was just horse manure, I was going to say two things. And number one is, with horse manure, it's a great uh, additive to the soil. Just make sure it's well rotten. And well rotten in that those in, in that instance means about two years old. So good horse manure should, or good any farmyard manure, horse manure, should be crumbly in texture and there shouldn't be any smell from it. If it's still smelly or if it's slimy or anything like that, it's still far too new to use it. So it should be well rotten, about two years old or more, the longer the better. And the thing is, over that period, if there are weed roots in the manure, you would expect to see them. So if you're getting a load of manure from a farm, the second thing I was going to say is keep an eye out for your weed roots like nettles or brambles or obviously the even much more nasty uh, Japanese knotweed. You'd expect to see it is what I would say to you. But why not take some of the, the of the horse manure uh, and maybe if possible and if practical in your own garden, leave it sit somewhere for another six months before adding it to your compost. And you certainly would expect to see uh, Japanese knotweed growing at that stage if it was there at all. Okay, and I I don't know if this is a technical question or not. A question for Peter, please. How often do you apply lime to hydrangeas to get them pink and how much and how do you apply it? The to get okay, so hydrangeas are what's called pH sensitive, Trish. So that what that means is they'll grow in most soils, but depending on the pH of your soil will determine the flower colour. So if you have alkaline soil or limey soil, then you'll have pink hydrangeas. Uh, and equally, if you have acid soil or so, soil with a low pH, you'll have blue hydrangeas. Now, of course, humans being humans, if we have acid soil, we want pink. And if we have limey soil, we want blue. <laughs> but that's just, what you can do is you can add a hydrangea colorant to limey soils to make them blue. It's aluminium sulfates. So you can add that to make them blue. And as the caller says, you can add lime to more acidic soils to make your hydrangeas pink. So uh, how you do it is, is relatively straightforward. You can just get garden lime. Uh, and apply it around the base of the plant. I think with lime, really, once a year should be enough. Like, where are we? March, February, coming into March. March, April will be the time that I would apply it. Maybe a second application around July, but really one application, I think, in March, April should be enough. And that's how you apply it, and that's when you apply it. The rate off the top of my head, you're catching me out. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but... Um, 
dare I say, go with a good fistful or two of lime around mm. the soil should do it. If you are getting what's just referred to as garden lime in a garden centre, uh, I have no doubt that the correct rate will be will be, written be on, on the it. packet. It'll probably something like the, yeah, it'll be something in around fifty grams per square meter or something like that. Okay, could you ask Peter? Uh, I I would like to dig up a peony rose and put it in another part of the garden. When is the right time to consider doing it? Well, again, it's like for moving anything, we're in the right time of the year to do it, but we're coming towards the end of it. I'm hoping that after uh, after this uh, mini beast from the east moves, that the temperatures will improve and we'll, we'll head towards spring proper. So you want to have all your moving done before that. So do it now. Uh, and yes, you can do it, but do it sooner rather than later. Uh, hi, Peter. How do I get rid of overgrown grass in a plot where I'm hoping to grow potatoes? go in there with a shovel really I'm afraid go and, and take it out I mean take it out by hand is really in my opinion your only option if you're particularly if you're going to be growing a food crop afterwards like potatoes you don't want glyphosate or any of these other uh, herbicides to be in the soil so I'm afraid I would say go at it by hand bit of, a bit of uh, a bit of hard work hi uh, Peter can I cut back hydrangeas now the old flowers are still on it but obviously are well withered I imagine at this stage is it okay to cut it back I'd wait till the cold spell is gone, Trish, because the reason we leave last year's blooms on the hydrangeas is to to give the the base of or the, the base of the plant, yes, that extra kind of blanket of cover, if you like. So the, the dead blooms that are on it now are, are actually catching any snow and frost and protecting the base of the plant. So while we're in the middle of this very cold spell, I would leave them. But once this cold spell has passed, yeah, I would cut away then. Okay, Tim is listening to us across the border in Limerick. He's got a purest forest flame, which he says has gone very scraggy. Can I cut it back to the ground, thanking you? Cutting it back to the ground would be a bit harsh, I would say to Tim, but it probably would come on again, but it could take years for it. So, but yes, you can cut it back and it's an evergreen plant, the forest flame. And uh, so... If you cut it back to the ground, therefore you you risk it dying because there's no foliage for it to photosynthesize. Uh, you can do that more so with deciduous shrubs. On saying that, it probably would come back. But I would much, much rather recommend a more gradual approach. So maybe even cut it back by half and just make sure there's some greenery left below where you're cutting. And what that will do relatively quickly now as we're coming into the spring, that will cause... Uh, the dormant lateral buds below the cut, in other words, leaf buds that are on the stems but aren't producing any growth, that will force them into growth because the growth has to come out somewhere. So cut it back by by, by about half would be my advice uh, and then leave it for a few months and see what happens. You can always cut it back a bit harder than after that, after a few months. But I wouldn't be quite as drastic as cutting it to ground level, no. Okay, and Noel has a problem with sparrows eating the buds. Now, it says from from current trees but I don't know if that's predictive text or not but he wants to know will they, will they reco- recover with the sparrows eating the buds off trees from trees Hard to, hard to know it depends, I would as you say I'd probably need a bit more information if it, like what buds are they eating if they're eating the leaf buds or is it flower buds or uh, I, I don't know is the short answer to the question because I don't fully understand the question uh, I imagine whatever is happening probably will recover but I, I can't say with any degree of certainty I'm afraid Okay and could you give general advice I want to set a new lawn this uh, year at the moment what I have is very overgrown it's scutch grass do I just get out and dig it all up and how do I prepare for a new lawn and when is the time to set a new lawn 
well, now is the time to to do the preparatory work for the new lawn because March, March, April really is the best time to sow the lawn. But if you're if you're in a situation where you have a lot of old scotch grass and existing vegetation, yeah, get out there in this cold weather and remove it. Get out there, do it by hand, work the soil, turn over the the, the top few inches. Make sure you're removing any roots of of the scotch grass, which is of course going to be next to impossible. But try and get rid of as much as possible of it. Um, any other roots that you don't want, like nettles or anything like that, uh, get rid of all of them. Um, rake this rake the soil. So you want a tilt of about two or three inches on on the top for the for the lawn seed to make contact with. Remove any stones, rake it level, uh, do a rain dance on it to compact the soil a small bit. So just stamp it down, and after you've done that, rake it again. Just a very gentle rake at that point, Trish, just to, just to break the surface so the, the the seeds can can go on. So you have a bit of work to do between now and March, but then come March and the rising temperatures, that's the time to put down the the, the seed. And it's worth doing it. Okay, listen, uh, Peter, we oh, leave yeah. it there. Thank you for that, and have a good week. Thank you, Trish. Thanks a million. That's uh, Peter Dowdle. Bye bye, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.